I'm Tina Black, co-owner of Next Level Salon Ownership, a six-month business and leadership course to help you start, maintain, grow, or scale your salon business. We believe there are five strategies to help you eliminate politics and confusion, increase morale, decrease turnover, and increase productivity. If you would like to get on our waiting list for the next course, please go to www.nextlevelsalonleadership.com. Katie, what, first of all, tell everyone kind of like your story is why you decided to, you know, really specialize in braiding because, you know, you started out with bridal hair and, Mm -hmm. and braiding kind of talk about that because a lot of our students will say, I don't know what I want to specialize in. I just want to do everything. Mm -hmm. So what Mm -hmm. kind of for you? So I think when you're in cosmetology school, there's so many avenues that you can take, but I don't think you always realize how many until you're either getting out of school or you've had enough educators come in to kind of share their experiences. I think when you're in school, it focuses on what's going to be on your state board. So hair coloring and cutting and perms and those type of things. But there's other avenues to kind of explore. And because hairstyling wasn't really something that was on state boards, it wasn't gone over a super ton in school. Um, And we did have educators that came in for it and the learning leader did teach us, but it wasn't, you know, really dove into like hair coloring was for an example. And so I just was so interested in kind of learning more about this. And prior to even joining cosmetology school, um, I had always had a love for styling and for braiding. It's always been my passion since I was a young kid. And I would do hairstyling and braiding for the cheerleading squad, for different pageants for my friends that were in, um, the football players. I would actually braid their hair before their football games and, you know, basketball games and all of that. And so I've always had like a huge passion for this. And so when I was in school and I had expressed that I wanted to be a braiding and styling specialist, it was not necessarily looked down upon, but it definitely didn't get others inspired. And I was actually kind of laughed at them. They're like, why would you come to school to do this? Like, you're not going to make it as that. No one becomes a braiding and styling specialist and makes a living off of that. They're like, you have to work behind the chair and do coloring and do cutting. And although those are great services, that's just not where my heart was. And I just knew that as I was doing hair cutting and coloring, even years after leaving this one, I'm like, okay, I, or the school, I'm like, okay, I should be more passionate about this now about these specific services. And I just wasn't. And I just kind of came to term to realize that if this is something that I really wanted to do, then I can do it. And if someone else didn't, you know, believe in that, or if they had an opinion in regards to that, they're not in the driver's seat I am. So I know where my journey is leading me. I know the avenue that I'm taking And basically, I just kind of took all of those steps to get there. And so um, in leaving cosmetology school, I wanted to focus more on bridal hair and makeup. The salon that I was at didn't really offer a lot of that. So I transitioned into my own space um, where I started doing a lot of weddings, um, a lot of photo shoots, um, a lot of braiding for, you know, session shoots and things like that. And so that was kind of the start of it. And the more I was doing it, the more I just felt fulfilled that I'm like, okay, this is like really what I need to be doing and really what I need to be focusing on. And then shortly after I had come to terms that a lot of other professionals within the industry also didn't really have education available to them. And when I was actually building my team, I quickly learned that people either loved doing updos and braids or they hated them. And I think that went back to cosmetology school because it wasn't really gone over you know, super crazy in depth. Um, 
And so I had a lot of people reach out that wanted to get education from me. And I thought I would love to kind of give back to my industry because I didn't really have that light when I was in school to kind of be like, okay, this is who I'm going to look up to. And of course, again, there were different educators that came in that certainly helped, but I wanted to kind of give back more. And so that's really what kind of stems the upcoming, you know, training that I'm going to be doing at your school, which I'm so excited about. I've had so many people sign up. Um, again, just so that I can kind of give it back to the community and really just kind of share my passion with them in hopes that my experience and journey and, you know, artistry will help inspire them to follow their own path too. So big, so big. And, and you're right. It's either people are really into it or really not mm -hmm. into it, which is so awesome. And by giving people the opportunity, like you said, while they're in cosmetology school to see, mm -hmm. well, maybe I could be into this. And so yeah. You said something, you said a couple of things really big that I really want to dig a little deeper into. Mm -hmm. So you said you were laughed at and cause mm -hmm. I know that we have, you know, some of our stylists, some of our students and that aren't getting a lot of support from at okay. home. And so yeah. can you talk about that? Like, how did you persist beyond the laughter? <laughs> so in the very beginning, because I'm sure there's someone listening to this that can relate. I originally went to school to become a sports writer. I originally didn't come to school to do cosmetology. Um, unfortunately, although my family is extremely supportive right now, my parents were against it at first. They didn't think that this is something I could make a career in. And, you know, as a parent, I'm sure you just want your kids to be successful and have an income and be able to take care of themselves. And I don't think they really understood what I wanted to do. And I remember going home and being like, okay, this is what I can do with cosmetology school. This is how much money I can make one day. It's like, I'll be okay. Like, this is what is going to fulfill me. And slowly they came around to understanding that this was my passion. But I think the biggest thing that you'll realize, and the more successful you'll get, you'll realize this more is that the higher you get, or the more you are reaching that goal, the less support you're going to receive. And you would think that it would be the opposite, but it's almost like certain people will support in the very beginning. And then as you get higher and higher and higher, they're like, oh, well, they have this or they have that, or they don't need help with this. When really it's not that you're kind of looking for praise, but you're just, you, you want to have that support though, you know? And so I think that's a big hurdle to overcome is that a lot of the times you're supporting yourself, you're cheering for yourself and you're celebrating your own victories and you're going through your own triumphs alone. And so that's something to really kind of, except unfortunately um you know it's just it's just kind of learning that you know that the path to success it's not always going to be with someone by your side sometimes it is alone or maybe you do have unfortunately people kind of drop off along the way and so that was kind of the start of it and then when I was in cosmetology school and I was expressing like I want to be a braiding and styling specialist and I remember we would do like mini classes and I would try to help teach them or um you know we had like the hair show that we did and I did some crazy looks for it if you were like that's like really wild like are you sure that's what you want to like focus on like that seems crazy and I'm like I love this like if I have a big hair and stuff coming out of it like I am like so passionate about it mm -hmm. and you know and so I think just because my journey wasn't their journey it was a little hard for some people to understand mm -hmm. um and I think now, again, that I've been kind of out of cosmetology school, I've been doing this for a long time now, definitely those people have come around and have kind of seen, but in the start, it was hard. It was really hard to kind of be like, okay, even though I don't have this crazy support system, I'm going to do this anyways. So you really have to just believe in yourself is what it comes down to. 
I know we could do a whole podcast just on believing in yourself. And, and this is amazing because you and I are very similar in that aspect. It took a long time for me to believe in myself. And so that's why as, as a business owner, the reason why I wanted to be a business owner was I wanted to believe in people that didn't believe in themselves. Mm -hmm. And I wanted to show them like what's possible for them. And because I want to jump into that because you said you were at a salon that didn't offer that type of service. Mm -hmm. And I think we're no longer in the day as a business owner of saying, okay, this is how we have always done it. So it's how we're always going to do it. We have to remain flexible and adaptable and be able to help people achieve their dreams. And so Mm -hmm. how can you, uh, how can you help salon owners or what what would you want to say to salon owners right now, salon leaders to not be so stuck in their ways, if you will? I would say it really comes down to what your artists are passionate about. And I believe that what they're passionate about is going to transpire through their work. And if someone is not passionate about it, it's not going to come out super great. I do not consider myself a hair colorist. I know how to color hair, but these crazy blended, you know, balayage, like, no, not me. It's just not what I'm passionate about. And so I think the salon that I was at, I had to do coloring. I had to do coloring and they offered bridal, but it was definitely on a smaller scale where I was doing them once in a while, whereas I wanted to do them all the time because that is what I was really passionate about. Um, And so in doing so many colors and so many cuttings, you know, I actually got to a point where I had gone to my salon owner and I'm like, have you ever thought that you weren't passionate about this anymore? Have you ever wanted to stop doing this? And I realized at that moment that I have to make a change because my passion cup is draining quick. And if this is an industry that I want to stay in, I need to make a shift and figure out what avenue I really want to go down. And although I was in cosmetology school and wanted to do braiding and, you know, styling, I think that I got a little rerouted because when somebody starts to tell you no so often, sometimes you start to believe it. So I was like, okay, well, maybe I can't do that. Maybe I have to do coloring and cutting also to, you know, you know, have a, you know, an, an income or to get more clientele. And so that's kind of the biggest thing, you know, for salon leaders and owners is kind of speak with your, you know, your team and kind of learn what is it that they're passionate about and what avenues do they want to pursue and then help them pursue those avenues. And I think another thing too, is a lot of people just don't know where to start um, and really just kind of asking questions and reaching out to those that you are inspired by. Um, I even have quarterly meetings with my team that are individual, and then we have monthly meetings and we also have mini meetings. So we have a lot of connection time to make sure we are hundred percent always on the same page. And I always have a very much an open door policy. And I'm like, even though we have a meeting next week, if you have something this week, come to me this week, you know, never put anything off because, you know, we can always change something in advance. And so really kind of taking that time to find out, you know, where they're at in their own journey, um, you know, and just kind of seeing what you can do to, to help them, um, you know, and, and in some of those trainings, I will say, I've or meetings, I will say, I've learned that some of them are a little nervous to reach out to maybe some individuals on Instagram that might have a big following, but maybe they do really great hair colors or hair cuttings, and they just want to kind of pick their brain. And my advice is that is just to do it, because the worst thing that's going to happen is someone's going to not respond or say no. And if anything, you're at the same point that you're at now, which is still probably not a bad point to be in, but at least you put yourself out there and at least you took that step forward for yourself. So you never know what could happen when you go kind of start asking those questions. 
Yeah, so big. We're doing actually a master class right now. Uh, we call it a collab of good leaders ask okay. great questions. And so how to go in and be super curious and successful people want to help people. Yeah, and absolutely. If they say no, then most likely they're not successful yet, mm -hmm. right? And that's okay. So just move it along and go to somebody yeah. else. And so speaking of which, and I do send a lot of people to you, I have mm -hmm. maybe a handful of my graduates, Katie, that I send my students to, to talk to. And, and like, you got to talk to Katie. Have you heard of Katie Brazier and follow her right now? And I have the whole class, you know, get on your Instagram right then and there. And, and so talk to them about if they want to be a part of eventually of the New York fashion week. And I've known that we've had mm -hmm. some students do that as well mm -hmm. too, through connections that they've had with local hairdressers and things like that. What advice would you give, you know, a brand new person that's in the industry to be able to get involved with that? So first and foremost, no dream is too big. I think that a lot of times we get stuck in our own way thinking that I want to do fashion week, but it's not an obtainable goal. Everything is an obtainable goal. If you want it, you can have it. It just depends on how hard you want to work for it. And so when I first became more interested in becoming part of Fashion Week, I instantly was like, okay, I need to somehow join a team that does hair and makeup to provide for the designers. And I need to find out where those teams are. And so I really just started Googling and I literally blew up people's emails and phone calls. I mean, the team that I eventually got on, someone had came to her and said, how did you find Katie? She's so great. And she said in front of me, she said, Katie literally stalked me. Like yeah. she <laughs> called me and emailed me multiple times until I said that she could be on the team. She's like, I didn't even have a place for her on the team. Mm -hmm. And she's like, but she was so persistent and she was sitting here work and said that she would be an asset and I needed to have her. And she's like, so I finally was like, okay, obviously I need to have this girl on my team. And that's how it happened. And then I joined this team and I worked with them a couple um, shows and then eventually became the hair lead for New York Fashion Week last year. And so again, it's really just putting yourself out there. And um, I know that it sounds crazy to like stalk these people yeah. and to, you know, email them a bunch, but people like that. And as a business owner, when I have someone that comes to me that wants to come and work as part of my team, I want you to blow me up. I want you to let me know that like, no, I need to hire you. You are an asset. You have something of value, um, you know, and also a really big thing too, is when you're reaching out for these different companies, even if it's not fashion week, if it's a brand you want to work for or a magazine or whomever, know whatever it is that you're reaching out to. Don't just reach out to them because they're going to ask you eventually why you want to be part of that team. Like what drew you to that magazine or that brand or that fashion week? And you have to have the response and the response has to go back to who they are. So kind of learn about who that brand is and what they represent, because that also will let you know if you actually want to be part of this brand. Maybe you really want to be part of fashion week, but you don't really care for what this brand stands for. So that's kind of a big thing too, is, is really going into it, you know, educating yourself so that you're very much prepared for you know, that interview, um, you know, and everything to come with it. And that will just kind of help you again, just have a better understanding on what you're kind of getting involved with and if it's the right fit for them and yourself. Thank you for joining us today. And if you loved this podcast, jump on over to our YouTube page to hear the full hour long interview. You can find us at Next Level Salon Leadership.